everybody. It's Wayne with Mark and Areed, and we are so excited that you've come to watch the Eat Community Podcast. We know you're going to enjoy it. We actually did it live originally on our Eat Community webinar series, which we also invite you to come to, but you will love this podcast that you're going to be listening to right now. I want to welcome all of you, and um, I'm actually expecting some new people today, people that I've been speaking with through the last week, including one who has, in terms of its legal circumstances, the same first name as mine, Wayne, and uh, he's very active in uh, some environmental, ecological types of activities here in Colorado, and we're going to help him with uh, accomplishing some of the tasks that he has. And interestingly, he goes by the name Wayno um, and spells it W-A-N-O when he's putting it in an email. Or I'm not sure if I remember whether he uses it for his signature in that way. And it was because of, um, if I'm remembering it right, his mother using it when he was growing up because he has two other brothers whose first names start with W and there would be shortened nicknames for them and, and for Wayne it was easy to say Wayno which by the way I get called that some and I was telling him that sometimes it's not always in a nice way <laughs> um, and uh, I've been called kind of like wonderful Wayno or whiny Wayno or things of that nature so Anyway, um, we are going <coughs> to chat about a number of things today, um, and mostly, like I said, as before we formally started, I would like to uh, talk about things that you have on your minds. So, Mark, would you be watching the uh, the, the, the message board, please? Because I'm going to focus on what we've got up on the screen and and uh, me talking. And also, if you guys would like, anybody would like to have your um, microphone unmuted, or even better, your webcam unmuted, and come on live, you're more than welcome to do that. Don't often get very many takers for that, and uh, but if you're there and would like to do that. But otherwise, just use your fingers and your keyboard and type some questions for us and Mark's going to keep watch over them and I want to acknowledge Mark today a little more than normal. Um, Mark and I are probably in our 10th or 11th year working together and he has been amazing for all those years and right. <laughs> yeah, I think it's been that long Mark um, and he is shy. He doesn't like to be out in front of the camera, so I don't push him to do that. And but he's very good, and he has hosted a number of sessions where I'm not able to be on. And let's start out with letting him tell us because he's fine about talking about what of our what are our next live webinars we've got coming up over let's say the next couple of weeks. Okay, so. Live will be with um, uh, that's that's with um, with um, Robert, Robert. Uh, I'm I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce the last name because he is Vecino, Robert Vecino. Yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah, so Robert Vecino is next. But but he's actually farther out. Do we not have any? So he's in September. I mean, it's that's. I think he's a little ways out there. Um, anybody else before that? And we may not. We, this is a slow time of the year to get live speakers because everybody's going on vacations and doing all kinds of other things. Yeah, because uh, what date is he, Mark? Casino is, let me check, calendar. So it's going to be September 18th. Right, that's what I thought. I thought it was in September. So. Yes. Well, and 
we have replay webinars every Friday that are awesome. And we're doing a variety of them on regenerative agriculture right now. And Mark, who's going to be tomorrow? William. Okay, William Horvath. Uh, William is from Croatia. And he was so kind to teach with us for 13 episodes, Mark. Is that, it's in that range, 10, 10 to 13, something yeah. like that. And talked about what at the time we called being a permaculture per apprentice. So someone who was getting newly into the, the permaculture world. And William lives in a city but has a farm that's not too far outside of the city. And he goes out to that farm on a regular basis and has a number of projects that are permaculture related. And he also has some right at his home uh, that's in the city. And he's an excellent speaker and can relate to people all over the world. So that's a replay that will be tomorrow. So a little bit of that in the past and I see we've got a number of new people on here today. Welcome and appreciate you being here with us. We've also got some of our regulars and uh, I know one of them, Alicia, is awesome in putting in comments and questions. You've got a little um, square uh, where there's a place on the right hand side of your screen and most people's screens where you could put your questions in. And so if you wouldn't mind, just type them in there. If you have any references or sources and things you'd like to tell us about, put those in there also. So, Mark, are there any questions yet to get started with here? Yes, yeah, there's a question from Arbonas, uh, Arbonas. And he says, hey, Wayne, I'm in need of creating an environmental leadership website and see um, a product called Webadar. Um, any feedback on this or other recommendations? Um, so gonna, the, I was looking over because I'm going to pull that one up so I can see the spelling of Webador. Webador, that's interesting. Um, Mark, would you pull that up for us? Put it, bring that up on your screen. Okay. I'll, I'll, so let me type in. I think this is what the spelling is. And, and that's actually Wayno, Mark. So Wayno, welcome to you. He did tell me he was going to try to get on here today. And now that I know you use bonus or bonus kind of as a as an alias i'll say I, I do know you've been on here for a while so that's very cool um, alicia by the way um, gave a source to 10 simple things you can do to help protect the earth ocean service noaa so mark have you pulled that up i've got these questions in front of what you put on the screen all right your yep. website webador got webador yeah Create a website in 10 minutes. It doesn't get any easier. Um, yeah, there's a, a number of sites like this out there. Um, the one's called Wix, which people use. Um, Mark, you probably even know better than me. What are, what are some of the other ones that people use that are really fast and easy to create a website? There's a, there's a, there's a, um product called Squarespace and they allow they let you create your own website even uh, I think WordPress can be used um, yeah WordPress isn't easy though honestly right. WordPress takes a little more skill let's say it's probably the right word and I'm not advising against it most of our sites are WordPress sites and and you can do very sophisticated things with them and you can have multiple editors and have a staff that can help or or not and do it all yourself um my wife deb who's one of our team members 
she's actually a web designer and she does that for a income generation circumstance and she's very good at it and um, but and she uses WordPress and, and prefers it this site that we use called Kajabi not that it, it's not as complex in some ways as WordPress might be uh, it isn't cheap uh, but we actually are now negotiating with with the founders of Kajabi and it's about a 13 year old organization now 14 almost they were founded in 2009 to where we might be able to host and that's what you got to look at is what's the hosting situation with i'm sure with webador here they do all the hosting you don't have to worry about that um, you could probably do something for free um, it, you could do something a little more sophisticated probably for a price probably not very expensive we plan to do a similar kind of thing for um, for our for our elite members and, and people like yourself, we know who are looking to to really utilize um, presence in the economic space for the for the good of mankind generally, and even more specifically for your particular uh, business needs, whatever those might be. So. Um, We'll, we'll research this one a little bit more, and Mark and I will go through it, and maybe a couple of others of our staff members just to see how this one compares and whether this is something that, that um, you might maybe should use. Click on pricing, Mark. Let's see what that is, what that says up there. It's right up there. Yep. Wow, that's $18 a month for a business. That's very inexpensive. Zero to get started for three months. This is worth, worth us looking at too, just not for so much for our own purposes, but. <clears throat> By the way, Mark, I am, um, I did something yesterday that I didn't follow through on yet, which is I, uh, I let Wayno know that because of all the cool things he's doing with his business and, and uh, what his needs are, that we were going to make him an elite member uh, of Eat. Would uh, maybe even while I'm talking here, and you don't have to show the tab, but um, well, you've got another screen you can use, but you might go in and, and make him an elite member of the community. So do the, the free elite membership. Um, so this this looks like it could be pretty cool. It looks like you can, you maybe even can, I'm sure you can't buy a domain name from them. You still have to probably use something like GoDaddy or Names Cheap or any number of others that are out there. You do get email. Um, through it also for the pro. So sure, looks like it's worth looking at. You see anything that's uh, bothering you, Mark? This is pretty much like, uh, uh, I don't see anything that jumps out straight away, but I, Pretty much the same. Oh, I see something. You can't have a store. I, I noticed that down. Scroll down a little bit, Mark. Um, and no, wait a minute. Maybe you can. Keep going. It says online store. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Um, and then up to 10 products for the $9.99 a month. But for $18.99, it's unlimited. Obviously, you can do blogs. Blog function. Um... So I don't see email, the domain. It's up at the top, it's up further, it's there. It's right, second. Uh, personal, okay, got it. I assume that means you can create an email address and use that for a mail server. Yeah, okay. Um, it looks, the, the logo looks Google-ish. Yeah. <laughs> Google site or not. You know, 
see anything about that. Uh, but it's it's something worth looking at. Um, don't like I say, don't see any red flags that say that it's that's a negative about it. Um, it's like we had another question here. Um, let me get to this just a second here from Francis. Have you tried any of the mycorrhizae power blends that are supposed to help with plant root inoculation? Um, I haven't, so it's a very simple answer. Um, and I do know several of our members that would be great to ask this of, and we can do that. Francis, that that are experts in mycorrhizae, uh, soil web, you know, Lane Ingham would be one example, and her students, which we have a number that are involved with us. Um, we actually have one that lives right here, Mountain Sky Ranch property with us, and we see them every day. And it's a husband and wife team, and, and they have several systems that they've got going where they're using mushroom spawn waste and alpaca manure and other other kinds of uh, waste that we have here from the farm to create um, enhanced soil fertility and some very dry some not so healthy soils um, and but i don't know about any of these power blends that you're talking about. Um, I, I'll say this, I don't know how there's any negative that could occur if you were going to um, use them. They, it, it, it's more likely they either have no effect or they could have a positive effect probably not likely they would have any negative effect. It's not like they're gonna kill the plants, greatly reduce the, the plant growth or other attributes. I mean, I, it's, it's possible they just don't do anything, um, but I don't think there could be anything highly negative from them. Great question. Um, but I, I'm, I'm not the right expert to be answering it. That's about all I see for now, question wise. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about something old that is becoming new again related to EAT. And that is, we are going to be kicking off again. The Environmental Professionals Network in a big way. And Mark's got both our um, WordPress site, Environmental Professionals Network, which is what your, this is, is, is that what we're seeing here or there? Yeah. Um, which is mainly an education site. It's, it's, it's got a lot of great blog articles. I mean, going all the way back, Mark, if you click on blog, I think that goes back to 2014, might even go back to 2010. Um, and there's not an article here that doesn't have um, great value. And so this one was written when, Mark, this one's very new. Um, we try to publish at least one a week if not more, this one happens to be about air conditioning systems, which is very relevant this kind of time of the year in most of the world, the Northern Hemisphere. Um, this is about revamping. This was probably written by a third party blog writer, correct, Mark? Correct, yes. It's a contribution uh, from one of the, uh, let me check who it was. Right. Uh, to go to the blog. I remember this uh, this one because the writer has a picture of her. Yeah, that's her. 
Ah. Jennifer. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff. Yeah. Jeff. Very cool. Um, and Mark, do we have um, in the sidebar, is there a, a, a summary of all, just go back to some of the earliest ones we had? Yeah, you, you, you can get Click on archives. I just want to just go, don't, don't, let's go back. Yeah, you had it there. Click on that again and it'll come up. Right. Go back to the earliest ones we did. Earliest one is 2013. Click on that one. Let's see what that is. Right. So why EPN and why yeah. not? Yeah, and we actually really didn't do as much with it as an entity then, but let's just see what we said about it. Mm -hmm. I talk about my history going through college. And go down, scroll down to further in there, because I bet it's the same concept of what we want to do today. And I'll, I'll just describe it. I'm sure it's going to say the same kind of things. And unfortunately, or fortunately, whichever way you look at it, the uh, pandemic enhanced one of the reasons that I believe that the concept of VPN is right for today's world. And it doesn't have to be, you could put that network apply application to a whole bunch of different industries. This just happens to be what our expertise is, which is environmental and ecological. And that is that if you go downtown any major city in the world today, there are considerably less occupants in the buildings that occupy that downtown sector than there were prior to the pandemic. In Denver, it's less than 50% occupancy in most of the office buildings throughout that market. And the reasons for that is that people couldn't go into the office during the pandemic and they started doing virtual meetings. And after the pandemic was, was reducing and, and, and ending, there was no reason to come back. You could still do those virtual meetings. You could just come back to meet live and you wouldn't have to go to an office. You even might be more comfortable going to a coffee shop or a restaurant. So going out into a park and meeting in the outdoors in a good time, a good weather day. So live meetings would still happen and still are very important, but didn't need to have a place that was an office type of an environment. And in the environmental space, that's even more pronounced. You don't need to have a place today where, let's just say 100 people, of which 20 of them are uh, administrative. Um, they're literally doing tasks that you could do, that the professional themselves could do, or they could hire a virtual assistant to do way cheaper than have someone come into an office. Um, that are clerical in nature, or administrative in nature, things like bookkeeping or, or um, there's things that AI can do also, um, transcribing or um, editing documents and things or, or filing or all those sorts of things. You don't need that as much today. So that, that would limit a staffing circumstance by 20%, let's say if there were 100 people. The 80 professionals that work on all kinds of projects, it's always a goal that you, you get them to be about 70% billable, which means of their work week, and usually it's, let's, let's just say for now, it's a 40-hour circumstance, that 70% that of that time, 28 hours, um, be billable. Well, and if you don't achieve that, you, you may not have enough revenue to have that company to be profitable enough to pay for 
a lot of the costs which are related to the building, to the offices. So it's now been proven that if the people working together on projects that are the professional environmental and ecological consultants or advisors um, don't have to have a, a fixed office space, you could reduce that billability to 50% instead of 70 and still have the same level of profit for the company as a whole. Secondly is you don't need to have full-time people. They can be doing the tasks they need to do on specific projects on a part-time basis. And some of the most capable people in different topics don't want to have to be working full-time. And they would much rather work on their own schedules and their own time and not have it be, again, full-time, 40 hours a week plus, and can be as effective or more effective. And then lastly, you can put together teams of people that maybe work only on one project together, and then in, in a given period of time, a year, let's say, and then they don't work at all until another project that is requiring their skills comes up a year later. And, and that's what they want to do. But there might be others who want to stay ridiculously busy and have more skills or broader skills or something different that, that could be working 100 hours a week, which I don't recommend for anybody, but I did it for a number of years and I'm not proud of that, but, but it's, it's a reality. Some of us are wired that way. And, and they want to do much more than what an employer could afford to pay them. So the concept of EPN is have a loose network of people with specific skills that could be brought together on individual projects for whatever their skill set brings into the project. And then on other projects, they may or may not even be involved. And you can then offer your client a lower cost service with probably higher results, better results, and, and maybe even get it done faster. And that's what clients of consulting services want. They want the best quality for the lowest price in the fastest time, in almost all cases. Best quality, lowest price, fastest time. Unfortunately, though, those things are contradictory to some extent. And again, in a traditional model with brick and mortar for offices and all kinds of administrative staff and, and people that frankly are not getting billed at 70% of their time. And they, the, the, the average or below average brings the best down in almost all of these jobs. And you don't want to do that. So I bet if we read this article, because it's like the cursor can go right over my screen. Let's go down to the bottom and see. I bet it is similar to what we currently want EPN to be. Yeah, we had a call to action here. You know, say if you think you could be doing things in a little different way, get a hold of us. That's That applies right now. I would love to talk to any of you about how you might participate with us in EPN moving forward. Let's see what the second blog article was, Mark. Go back up to go back to the archives and see which is the next one. We're just curious. Back in 2013 or 14. You were right by it, Mark. It was right there on the side. October um 2013, next one. Well, there could have been more than one in September, too. Oh, okay. Wow, but this is a very important one. Look at this. Why improving the quality of our cities is an environmental issue. Wow, that was relevant then and more relevant today. 
All right, I'm going to go back before we go talk a little more about EPN. I'm going to go back to the questions and comments here. Robert, question. Oh, somebody might have been unmuted. Mark, did you unmute somebody? No. Um, Just a little bit of background there. Anyway, it's gone. It's fast. All right, Robert asks, or describes, maybe asks, in Pennsylvania, the PASA organization might be a good one to work with. Um, solar health, health internship, part-time, temporary, multiple openings. Um, do you have a background in agriculture, biology, ecology, or related science? I think this is what's on the, uh, what, what Robert was typing here is what's the site's asking. Um, do you have a background in agriculture, biology, ecology, or related science? Uh, I love getting out in the field. I do. Um, we are seeking multiple interns to help us with the 2023 soil sampling season. Pasa's soil health and benchmark study. That's what they're doing, their project. Learn more and apply. So here's the link for that. And that's awesome. Thank you, Robert. That could be useful for one or more of you that are out there. And remember, for every one of you that are here live, there's a bunch of you out there, there will be a hundred more that will watch this as a replay in the next 10 days. Okay, we get way more, 10x of the visibility for replays than we do live. By the way, some of the more popular podcasts in the world in terms of how many total views they get are just like that. They, they, they get very little live attendance. To give an example, um, I'm a big fan of cycling riding a bike and specifically cycling racing. And there's a blog that somebody who's controversial named Lance Armstrong does, and it's called The Move. And during the Tour de France, which just finished last weekend, the, um, the, the tour, that blog, excuse me, that podcast, The Move, was the fourth most watched podcast on somebody's ranking system. Uh, there's probably a lot of those, but still a lot of people, a lot of people listen to it. But I know when I was on it one day, there weren't very many of us on live because Lance acknowledged us, and there's two or three other hosts. Um, and, and I don't think if it would have been a huge audience that it would have, they would have been, I'm talking about questions and comments that we've they, they specifically acknowledge that. So anyway, you're, we'll, we'll throw this out, Robert, to uh, the whole group, and uh, hopefully we'll get some, some interns for, uh, for PASA. All right, what is next here? Francis says, do you see any applications for AI to help with ecological? Oh my gosh, that's a loaded question. And it's a simple answer. Do I see any? It's more important, in my view, of how many huge numbers do I do I see? I was working right before we were on today. Uh, different tools that I've acquired um, that I'm not ready to recommend yet, but I know the people that made them. They make using. Um, GPT chat 4.0 easier rather than just directly going into it and asking questions through prompts. Um, and specifically, I was doing the generation of images that if I were to try to either find them and even worse, do them would never happen. I can't draw a stick man. I mean, if I 
drew up here on the screen now, whatever I drew, and I told you what it was, you'd go, what? <laughs> I don't know that. It doesn't look like that to me. But I was able to get with just some really simple prompts. And that's the term that's used with um, chat GPT and OpenAI. Um, some amazing generation of images that absolutely met my needs needs and they were all ecological environmental and ecological specifically related to cattails and their eradication using organic means rather than using chemicals um, harmful non-organic bad stuff which is the way most people eradicate cattails and pretty specific topic area that's of interest i'm writing a book about it now and um, I was able to get just amazing stuff. Um, AI scares me just like it does a lot of people um, about what bad can be done with it, negative things. And so I'm concerned about that. But can it do things in the ecological area that are helpful? Amazing. Um, we've We've been able to identify uh, 50 different speakers for us on EAT that we would have never known who they were, um, how we would get a hold of them, and again, using just something other than search engines that would be Google or Bing or, or others that are out there. Um, our, um, excuse me, DuckDuckGo, you, you name it. Um, instead, you could do some prompting, question asking, and using AI, and we would get unbelievably good information. Now, that said, it'll give you some really bad information at times too. Um, so you really have to be careful you have to know what you want and you have to know what's potentially bad and what is probably good for you. So anyway, great question, Francis. And yes, absolutely. If you want to talk about specifics of what we're doing or get some help with it, I have actually go back and watch some of the pretty recent episodes of Talk with Wayne, these Thursday webinars, um, because I, I've talked about it. I've actually shared on my screen some things that I was doing um, in either image generation or business plan generation or finding specific information about um, some topic that's got a geographical circumstance related to it. So yeah, really valuable. Um, Robert's got something. Uh, this is about PSA farming again. Alley cropping is an agroforestry practice defined by the U.S. Department of Agriculture as planting of rows of trees and or shrubs to create alleys within which agriculture or horticulture crops are produced. Like other agroforestry systems, the roots of alley cropping techniques likely predate what many consider the dawn of modern agriculture uh, by revisiting and reimagining these practices. Today's land stewards can conserve and enrich natural resources while diversifying their income streams. And I, I think that's a great comment from that from that site. I think it's entirely accurate. Totally agree with them. So if anybody's got some discussion about that, that'd be great. By the way, we don't cancel ever. We don't think conflicting conversation about any topic is inappropriate. We don't judge anybody's professional ability or knowledge. We may challenge them, and I will often challenge, but hopefully it's done in a loving, caring, manner and it's not saying 
you know, you're an idiot, your ideas are stupid, and mine are right, and these are right, and you know, don't bother us again. Or worse than that, you're banned. And get off of our time. That will never happen. And hopefully we're we're open-minded to all kinds of thoughts and and we'll talk about them in a open-minded discussion fashion and, and everybody can then use their own mental and emotional thoughts to to come to their own judgment about what they want but that's a great comment about uh, about the PASA program Alicia uh, says do you think that you can get a speaker to talk about the ethics of ai probably alicia i mean it's a great great topic and i i don't i actually think we could find several potential speakers but that said we would always appreciate help from our audience about from you from the community in finding those helping us find those or finding them for us. And meaning, we'll do the work to get them scheduled, to get them, to get the preparation done, all that. But if you know someone who is specifically, has expertise in an area, let's say in this one, ethics of artificial intelligence, um, you and you, you have a personal relationship with that person, you're going to be able to be awesome for us when we go reach out to them and say, and Alicia, I'm just making this up, but Alicia, Rose, gave us your name. And if you're not lying to us, they're going to go, oh, yeah, really? Wow, wasn't that nice of her? What can I do for you? Now, I'll go the other way. And this has never happened. Never happened. Alicia Rose? Who? <laughs> Who are you again? I don't know any Alicia Rose. I don't think that's going to happen ever with any of you. And again, I'm picking on Alicia because she's one of our regulars. And she, uh, she can take it. So anyway, but if you know anybody in any topic that's economic, and, and they could be a great speaker for us. By the way, let me reiterate something. We don't want our speakers to be the world undisputed i'll pay thousands of dollars to hear that person speak type of speaker which we've had like elaine ingham is one of them mark shepherd is one of those i think william horvath is becoming one but i'm not quite there yet um easy for me to think of the Elaine and Mark because I, I know them both very well personally and they're friends and that's why they were easy. Mark, who else can you think of that is just a, considered the world-class expert in whatever the topic is that we would have? Mike Dillard was one of them, I think. Mike Dillard, Mike Dillard, yes. For um, basically um, a whole bunch of different reasons. He has, he has a massive site of people that, um, that follow him in what's called Victory Mastermind, which I'm a, I'm a follower. I, I'm in awe of Mike Dillard. So yeah, it's, and Mike, Mike was very recent this year. Um, anyway, the reality is we would rather have people who are experts. They're very good at whatever their topic they're going to talk to us about, but they're not well known. They, they, they uh, maybe they're even a little scared to talk. They don't really, they're worried. They're thinking, ah, I don't know, maybe I wouldn't be very good. And I'll give an example of that. We had a lady that is now retired, so she's not gonna be able to be available. Um, but that did, Gwen, who talked about backyard chickens. And her expertise is helping municipalities, specifically in her case in New Jersey, get, um, a governmental approval, some kind of a city ordinance or whatever that would allow people to have backyard chickens. And she has had a huge success ratio with that. 
but she was not, she was scared to do the webinar with us because she didn't think she was enough of an expert, even though she's done more of it in, in New Jersey and the kinds of things she did in New Jersey can be done anywhere than anybody else in the country. She was awesome and she retired, so we're not gonna get her again, but I wish we would. I'd have her back on to speak again anytime. Um, so Alicia's saying, I think you are talking about the Great Reset, correct? I'm not sure what context that question is, Alicia. Maybe restate what you mean there. Um, I, I think I know what people are describing when they're saying Great Reset, but I'm not sure how that relates to what it is that we were talking about. So just tell me with that. All right, we need to do something about the large amounts of solar panels. They are creating a large amount of impervious surfaces that generate a lot of stormwater. Any thoughts? Ah, great question. There's one that I bet is a little controversial. <laughs> Um, and that you say, and I'm going to point the finger, Alicia, you said we need to do something um, about the large amount. Why? Uh, again, I, I don't know what a large amount means. And maybe there'd be people that would say water's running off of them. It's, it's hitting the soil below them. There are plants growing there. We've got, you know, we're doing something. We got goats that are eating the weeds that grow up. But I, I, I'm making that up. That's something that I would do if I had solar panels that any great amount. And I do have some, and there are animals that eat the uh, plants that grow underneath them. Pretty easy to collect water that might run off of solar panels. By the way, if you, if that was if that was a, a desire, um, might be illegal in some places. I haven't looked at any regulations related to that. Um, I don't even know what percentage of solar panels are on roofs versus what percentage are completely separate from a rooftop circumstance. If they're on a roof, I would hope that the roofs have got gutter systems that are doing something in a, in a good way to collect water. And if they're not, should be in that really doesn't have any necessarily relevance to the solar panels. Water would still be running off of them. I don't think you want water leaking through and going into your, into your house um, from, a, from a solar panel installation. So I'm, I'm actually challenging your thoughts there a little bit. One, I don't know, maybe people are really thinking about it and, and there are be, and that's, this is one example. I'd use AI to, to, to ask, um, and to try to do research about this topic. And it's a great topic, one worth doing research about. Um, so my thoughts are, it's a great topic, one that we ought to research more and see if it is a problem about water and, and, pro and water runoff from solar panels that are it's being wasted and not collected. And is, do we have too much surface area that's covered with them and for, for a lot of different reasons, maybe not just water. Great question, great comment. Francis says, is it practical to convert the lower cost empty office building into housing units? Great question. Some cases, yes, probably is. What about converting them to indoor food production? Another topic. Um, a lot of mass potentially, usually a lot of windows. So could get a lot of solar input. Might be a lot of heat loss, however. But housing is probably a great idea in places. And it's probably being done. I haven't really studied it. And if it isn't, what would be the reasons that it wouldn't work? Maybe conversion costs, I, you know, having to put in um, additional plumbing, probably not electrical. Um, I wouldn't even think plumbing, frankly, but uh, again, I, I haven't really studied 
that very well, but it's a great one. Somebody ought to take that up and do some research. Um, by the way, We are very good at writing books and, and books that have gotten to number one on their topics in Amazon today and uh, will generate some kind of revenue for authors. We, and that means me and the staff, pretty small, but there's four or five of us here at EAT, would love to help anybody that wants to pick a topic and do research on it. And here's, we've just talked about two of them. Concerns about the, the surface area in which solar panels are covering and, and if they create a problem or an opportunity maybe related to water runoff. Um, and I could see even other things. And then second, what, you know, what's, what, what are ways that we can reuse and appropriate fashion office space in, in cities where it's no longer needed for um, commercial uses. Great, great ones. Francis, great, thank you. That was a great question. Um, another comment about I think we need a speaker on climatology. I absolutely agree. Um, and any thoughts? Yes, I agree. In some people's minds, that is one of those topics that's not very controversial. And pretty much in some people's mind, it's an open and shut situation. We have climate problem that is human induced in some cases people believe and they firmly believe that and i uh, know that there are a group of people who have different thoughts about that and fortunately sometimes those two groups are not willing to talk with each other and uh, I think if we had a climatologist that had very strong views one way or the other about that topic, um, we could that could be a little one-sided. So we want we want to be careful that be someone who's open-minded, again, willing to, as they say, love the sinner and hate the sin. So in other words, you could completely and vehemently disagree with someone about a topic, but as a person, you are respectful enough of them that you listen to their views and you don't tell them that they're idiots for whatever their views are or whatever bad terms you want to use. And you do something to, to uh, quote, cancel them. So uh, I don't worry about them. That it is a very a topic that people that have views on can sometimes be very very strong. The climate topic. Any thoughts about the challenges facing the manufacturing and warehouse industry? Where worldwide in the U.S. Be a little more specific. I'm going to assume you mean the U.S. That's a great one, and I'm going to be a, I'm going to get controversial on my answer, and I'm not going to even say who asked who asked that question. It's not that important, but the warehouse industry is, and the manufacturing industry in general, is stronger in the U.S. right now than it's been in at least a generation, so at least the last 25. Years. Manufacturing jobs are coming back to the U.S. Companies that two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, were moving out of the U.S., coming back in huge numbers. Growth is amazing. There's all kinds of statistics about it. 
So concern might be, are they gonna be ecologically and environmentally appropriate and safe in what they do? And because in the past they weren't in many cases. So, but the industry, I think you were trying to indicate, well, you know, are we worried about it leaving? It's not, we were worried. We were rightfully so worried about it five years ago, certainly 10 years ago. But they're coming back now. And it's for a lot of reasons. You can have a whole discussion just about that topic. Um, strong comment, no more impervious surfaces, no more pavement, excuse me, the problem of impervious surfaces. Um, great thought, and again, strong, and I, you know, I don't know what, what you know, worldwide, that's a, that's a big issue. Mark lives in a city of 20 million, 17 to 20 million. You're, we have a talk population of your city in a while, Mark. What's, what is its population? What do you hear the 2020 census, for example, the population? Is? He's probably muted. Mark, are you muted? Unmute yourself. Oh, okay. Yeah, I am. What's the population of your city? Yeah, it's, uh, it's 20 million, close to that. What do you think the percentage of surfaces are impervious? So they're not grass, they're not, they're not flower gardens, or, they're mm. rooftops, they're streets, they're parking lots, they're, you know. In the city, um, but I, I cannot, say what percentage of, but um, there are not many grass fields, I can tell you that. I, I bet it's over 90%. I bet if you take the total city areas, it's huge. Yeah. There's a big amount of impervious surfaces. Right. And they, where, you, where Mark's at, I don't think that they lack for rainfall. <laughs> I think it's a wet area. Humidity at night and such would create condensation, and, and there even on days it doesn't rain, there would be. So I, I don't think that they're in a water shortage. So could could they collect water and send it to places where there is a water shortage? Then you got to look at the energy balance. Is that is that something that can be done? They're on the coast, so anything that you'd ship it to would have to be upstream, which would take energy to get it there. But I'm just using his city as an example. I don't think it's different for North American cities, really any major cities and situations. Where I live, rurally, we have no, we have very little to no, no percentage, less than a tenth of a percent of our valley, this valley that I live in is impervious surfaces. Um, everything else is, is, is a native vegetation or maybe a roadway or something. It's all, per, it's all permeable. Um, certainly a very important discussions type of topic, but one in which I, I'm, I do have an opinion. I think that, that it's not a huge problem because most places that have big population bases are pretty wet. Los Angeles would be an example of a place that's not, that has a large population. Um, but actually, I bet the percentage of impervious surfaces in Los Angeles is a lot less. Excuse me, there's a lot more. Meaning, I'm sorry, there are more permeable surfaces than, let's say, Dakar or other major cities. Anyway, great topic. Another one. Let's get an expert to talk about. It. And then she says, I wonder what the world will be like in 2050. Well, we are right at the top of the hour. You guys have been an amazing audience. As always, I have had a lot of fun doing this, as always. And if you'll do me one favor as we end, put some ones in the little question if you enjoyed this today, and put some nines if you hated it, or don't want to put anything on there. 
just put that. But um, we love doing this for you. We want more involvement from all of you, especially those of you that are watching this as a replay. If you're watching this as a replay and you can help us with any of these questions, all of them that were raised today were unbelievable. I didn't, I talked about half of today about top, no, maybe even a little less about topics that I had and the others were all yours. Thank you. Thanks everybody for doing that. All right, Mark, take us out. Hey everybody, I bet you enjoyed that immensely. That was one of our most amazing presentations here at the EAT community. Please look forward to our next podcast in the very near future, and we look forward to seeing you again on the EAT Community Podcast.